Hello and welcome to the Redeem the Dream podcast, episode 11. This is Dan Marsden, and as always, I'd appreciate some feedback. My email address is dan at redeem-the-dream.org. And today's episode is part two of my five-part series called Starving in America, What Being Hungry Has Taught Me About Life. And the second principle that I've learned in regards to being hungry and what it can teach us is that being hungry, starving in America, will reveal really quick who is truly in our corner. And a lot of times that may not be our biological family or part of our biological family. So the summer after my sophomore year of college, uh, which was in San Jose, California at the time, I decided to spend an entire summer with my father, who at the time had lived in Venice Beach, which is by Los Angeles, and he had promised me a summer job and, and said I could stay with him, and I thought it would be a great opportunity to get to know him. Even though I knew he had issues with drugs and, and different things like that, I still wanted to get to know my father. And so I packed up my little pickup truck and drove all the way down to Venice Beach, and uh, he introduced me to his roommates and the place that he lived, which was a, a small one-bedroom apartment that he shared with three other guys who were all using drugs, and there's drugs everywhere, just nasty, dirty dishes, things like that. It was just a really rough environment. And the summer job that he was going to line up for me never happened. And his job was selling investments out of someone's apartment. Come to find out it was pretty illegal later on as they were not allowed to sell within the state of California because the guy that was running that uh, that sales room was a, a felon or a former felon in the state of California and was not allowed to do business there anymore. And it was just uh, a situation that was undesirable. They had they were watching pornography while they were selling. They were, the, the reward for the first sale of the month would be a prostitute. It was something that was out of a crazy movie. And they had parties there with heroin and, and other things and, and constant drinking. It was a rough, a rough situation. And so after after a while, my father wasn't making any sales, which meant we had no money. And so we'd go days sometimes without eating either nothing or, or very little, which which was tough, very tough, of course. And so uh, I also told him, man, look, I can't, I can't be living in this situation anymore because I was afraid I was going to get arrested just hanging out with him because of the place that he lived and the drugs that were around. And so he said, yeah, man, I, I got this buddy of mine who lives down the street in, in, in Venice. And his name is Horsehead. We call him Horsehead. He's got a nice little place. I'll ask him. Maybe you can stay with him for the rest of the summer. And so he introduced me to Horsehead. Well, Horsehead didn't have a very nice place, but it, it was a place that the, the, the doors were just holes in the wall. There, was, there, was no, there were no doors in the house. There was just holes in the drywall. And there's ants crawling around everywhere, that type of situation. But... Oh, well, it was, seemed still better than the situation that my father was living in. And Horsehead said, you know, you can stay with me under one condition. Wednesday is my party day, and I have this eight, nine-year-old son. And as long as you watch him on Wednesdays when I'm out partying, you can stay with me. And so I said, sure, no problem. So the first Wednesday rolled around, and he went out and did his drinking and partying. And I just got a movie to, to watch with the kid, put the kid to bed, and then got to my couch, was laying in my couch where ants were crawling all over me. But nevertheless, I finally fell asleep, and in the middle of the night, maybe 2, 3 in the morning, Horsehead comes stumbling in, completely drunk, with some random lady met at the bar. He woke me up, introduced me to her, went in his room, did his thing real nice and loud, 
woke up his poor kid doing that, and then early the next morning, kicked her out, came over to me and said, hey, man, she looked much better last night. So I was like, come on, man, you got a little kid here. Man, you can't be doing that. And it was really uncomfortable for me, so I thought, man, I just need to, I need to find a better situation than this. I still want to be around my father and get to know him, but I don't want to be living in the same mess and same circle of friends that he's living in. So I decided to go to church that week. I found a little church there in Santa Monica. And after the service, I, I reached out to the pastor's wife and kind of shared my situation. She prayed for me, but couldn't really help me. But there's a guy there that overheard my conversation with her and said, hey, man, you can stay with me the rest of the summer. We got a nice condo by UCLA. My parents, they won't mind. Go ahead and grab your stuff tonight and we'll go over there and you can just move in with me. So I was incredibly excited and, and thankful for that opportunity. Went and grabbed my stuff at Horsehead's house and we drove to his parents' house, which was a condo there by UCLA. And it was late. His parents were in the condo sleeping. He said, oh, we'll just tell my parents in the morning. And he just let me crash out on the couch and he went to his room. Well, it didn't quite work out as planned because the next morning, his parents just saw me sleeping there on the couch, some random guy, and they woke me up and they said, hey, who are you? And I just kind of explained my situation, told them I didn't have nothing to eat and that I was kind of looking for my father, looking to connect with my father. And he's, they just gave me a bagel and said, well, you better go back to your father because you can't stay here. And I was like, wow, and these are supposed to be Christian people, of course. And so I left that condo with tears in my eyes, just thinking, man, the people that I thought were going to come through for me didn't. So I went back to the hood, back to Horsehead's house, stayed there for a little while. And then my father's boss, who was living in the apartment that they were selling stuff out of, finally said, hey, man, you're going to stay with me. And so I crashed out on his couch for a while. And it didn't take too much longer for my father to get fired. He had an altercation with this guy. And so he got fired, which meant I couldn't stay there anymore. And it just got all bad. And so here I was, haven't eaten regularly at all that whole summer up until this point. My father fired, completely broke. Both of us completely broke. So I just went to my father and said, hey, man, I got to go. All I had was a quarter tank of gas left in my truck. No food, no money. I got to find another situation for the rest of the summer. And so I decided to reach out to my mother, who I haven't asked for help since I was 16, because I've been living in the U.S. on my own since I was 16. My mom met some guy on the Internet who had plenty of money and married this guy who also happened to live in the Los Angeles area. So she was living with her new husband there, uh, maybe 45 minutes away from, from Venice. And I called them up and said, hey, can I spend the rest of the summer with you guys before I go back up to college? And so my mom said, sure, come on up. But there are certain rules. And one of the rules that my mom gave me in her house was that I could not help myself to any food. I could only eat when they ate. Well, if I wasn't around when they were eating, I just wasn't eating. And I was already incredibly hungry when I arrived there. And I couldn't eat regularly there because I wasn't allowed to eat, help myself to food. And sometimes I wasn't there when they were eating. And I was walking for miles early on when I got there, begging for a minimum wage job so I could create some income to eat at my mother's house. Her husband has six-figure income. He had plenty of money, plenty of food to share with me, but just didn't want to do it. One day, I thought, man, you know what? This is ridiculous. I have to, I have to eat. I was hungry. So I went into the kitchen, 
and uh, made myself a sandwich and poured myself a glass of milk when my mother came up from behind me asking me, is that your glass of milk? Is that your sandwich? And I said, oh, man, I just had $2. I had $2 to my name. I already got my little minimum job at the time there, but I hadn't gotten paid yet, so I wasn't eating regularly. And so I asked my mother, hey, I got $2 left. Can I please buy the glass of milk from you? I can't afford the sandwich, but can I please buy that glass of milk from you? And all my mom said was stick to the water, took away the milk, and took away the sandwich. I turned around. I didn't know if I should laugh or cry, and I just walked away with hunger pains. It was ridiculous. And so that's that's how my summer went there. And thankfully, by the grace of God, a college friend's parents that I reached out to during that time had empathy and had compassion on me and decided to really help me out and actually send me some money so I could insure my truck for that month and give me a little cash to drive back up to San Jose, leave my mom's house, and they put me on a plane and flew me to Colorado where they lived. And I spent the rest of that summer in Colorado with this family that didn't really know me. That was just, they were uh, the parents of a college friend. And they treated me like gold. They said, hey, man, you can help yourself to food in our house. And they got me a job working construction through a connection they had there. And so I was working there. And I could come home to that family and I could eat and I could have that experience of what it means like to be a part of a community and a family that actually cared. It wasn't my biological family. My mom starved me. My father let me down and starved me and was just so addicted to his drugs and his cocaine and whatever else that he couldn't even take care of me at all. And that was a very disappointing experience. But the one thing that I learned throughout that process is, man, you really, when you're hungry, when you're starving, when you're going through these things, you learn who's really in your corner, and that's an important thing to learn. And sometimes that's not your family. Sometimes that may not even be your mother and your father. Sometimes that might be someone completely else. And that is a hard pill to swallow, to have to learn to even love some of your family from a distance because you want to be close to your parents. That's a natural thing. But if they constantly do you like that, then it's going to hold you back and you have to distance yourself. That's the one thing I learned, and it's not an unloving thing to do. It's not an ungodly or unbiblical thing to do or a dishonoring thing to do. It's healthy boundaries, and it's a hard thing to learn, and it took me a long, long time to learn and to kind of come to terms with that. And so I'd like to kind of share a verse, as I always do when it comes to this stuff, and that's from Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20, and it says here, Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. So if we surround ourselves with fools, we're going to suffer harm. We're not going to be in a good place. And sometimes our family members, sometimes even our mother and our father are fools. If we spend too much time around them and we keep trying to build a healthy relationship with them in a way that's not working, that's really harming us, we're going to keep suffering harm. So we need to distance ourselves from the people that are fools from the people that are harming us from the people that are drains because they're either drains or they're fountains and we want to be around fountains whether biological family or not and sometimes that's a tough lesson to learn but it's an important lesson to learn so principle number two of what starving in america taught me is that it will reveal who is truly in your corner and a lot of times that may not be our biological family and i encourage you man 
if you're going through the same situation or a similar situation where you've been harmed by family members, maybe even your mother and your father, it's okay to draw healthy boundaries. It's okay to distance yourself. It's okay to love from a distance and to pray a blessing over them, but not to be around them so we can move on, so you can move on in a healthy way and become emotionally, financially, and physically successful because you're surrounding yourself with the right kind of people. With that, we conclude that episode number two of Starving in America. I hope it was helpful. Please give me some feedback, and I would love to hear your stories because I know hunger is a huge issue and food insufficiency is a huge issue here in the United States too. So I'm not, I know I'm not the only one that has experienced this over the years, and I'd love to hear your stories, how you overcame it, and what you learned from that. And again, that was the second thing that I learned from being hungry. My email address, once again, is dan at redeem dreamorg Please send me an email and give me some feedback. God bless y'all, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.